Bank Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. What's going on, Dodgers Nation? Welcome to the Dodgers Nation post-game show after the Dodgers lose to the Chicago Cubs. And yes, it wasn't the offense for the entire series, but this offense was absolutely putrid for the most part. I mean, yes, you can't blame the pitching. Yes, I mean, look, you can't blame the umpires is kind of my point. I mean, Sean Barber, Sean, I should have been a barber at the end. He was terrible. He was atrocious. And yes, it wasn't completely his fault, but we have to start there because yes, his offense, they were terrible. But first, let's break down. We're going to break down the whole game, but first, let me know where you represent Dodgers Nation. Give me those cities down below in the comment section. What is your biggest concern with this team so far? Because we have a lot to get into in this show. We have the latest on Will Smith's injury. We have the latest on the newest Dodgers catcher, Austin Wins, and what this means for LA, when we can expect Will Smith back, and also some of the big concerns with this team. Some of the big underlying concerns with this team. Stolen bases. The Dodgers, the worst in the league right now at stolen bases per game allowed against. It impacted them again today. We're going to talk about about that. We're going to talk about this offense that continues to struggle. Colder than Rob Manfred's heart. I mean, this team is just not what it needs to be at the plate. I look at Freddie Freeman this series. Freddie Freeman goes 2 for 12 with 5 strikeouts. If you look at this offense as a whole during this 3-game series, it was the first time the Cubs won a series in LA since 2014. The Dodgers averages 2 runs per game. They combine to go 16 for 100. Uh, 16 for... Um, In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. 
under uh, for they for uh, 95 of this series, hitting 082, an 082 batting average this series for the Dodgers. So yeah, I mean they just couldn't hit. Last night was nice. It was a great moment. Peralta, I was in the house, just in the press box, and what they asked was. How does this translate to the next game? Does a moment like that get this bat going, get these bats going, get this offense going? Because, look, they still look like they're in a funk, and you're not seeing the consistency. And, boy, does this team miss Will Smith. Will Smith missed the last two games. Now he missed today's game. He's going to be on the IL. And you're seeing the top of that lineup that they have produced, for the most part, the entire season. Well, Mookie and Freddie, they really haven't picked up the slack like they need to with him out. So in his absence, Freddie Freeman, needs to be that guy that steps up and he really had a bad series the Dodgers averaged just two runs per game this series like I said these bats were terrible but I want to know from you guys what is the number one reason why the Dodgers lost today what is the number one reason and also what is your biggest concern let me know down below we're going to break it all down not going to want to miss this show because I'm going to I'm going to get in on Sean Barber because Barber was Sean I should have been a barber not an umpire the way he was umping that last inning I thought it was really an embarrassing inning there for Major League Baseball. After the excitement of yesterday's game where you saw this Dodgers team they make a big run. They get a big comeback. That's what you need to see in sports. But no, that's what we need to see for this sport to really continue to grow. But yeah, you didn't see that today. But yeah, the Dodgers going uh, putrid 16 for 95 this series. Let's get to the comments. And we're going to talk about Sean Barber. But first, there we go. We got unpacked it in from Trace Howard Hayward season 2022. Offense is pitiful. Yeah, the offense just couldn't get it done. I mean, he had the Chris Taylor home run there, the solo shot in the third. It was great to see him go off, hit two home runs during this series. And then they get another run off that bet single later. Of course, shout out to the Sun. If it wasn't for the Sun today, the Dodgers probably don't even make this that close. And Barnes scores on that play. But really, the difference today was Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger solo shot in the sixth inning. That put the Cubs up 3-2, to two, and that was the difference. But, yeah, this team is not doing the little things right right now. You saw Miguel Vargas' error early in the game. That cost the Dodgers. I mean, Julio Arias didn't have his best stuff from a command perspective, but still he gave this team a chance to win. And when you're putting up two runs per game, you're not going to win very many ball games. But we're going to start with the bottom of the ninth inning. We're going to start with Sean Barber. I want all your takes on umpire Sean Barber in that last inning. Three terrible called strike, three called through called strikes there, and you look at that inning right there. Peralta goes up there. Last night's hero, he takes that call. Clearly, it was. It was inside. It was inside off the plate. Hayward, same situation, inside off the plate. I mean, that's a few inches off the plate. And then Freddie Freeman down in the zone. So a very rare four-strikeout game for Freddie Freeman. But that is a inning where this team plays for the ninth inning. This team, the crowd was into it. You get a base runner there, and you're hoping to, hey, maybe we can find that magic once again and get your second walk-off in consecutive days. But no, that doesn't happen. I think you see the umpire there. I mean, when that umpire scorecard comes, out it better be very low and have a big fat zero on it but i want all your takes on that but I, I just thought it was an atrocious call right there and yes the offense they're atrocious yes if you look at this offense batting average they're middle of the pack right now i mean they're struggling to put the ball in play we're gonna get into that too and i'll give you some of my concerns but we got to fire dave roberts the locals only from youtube yeah i'm curious to see dave roberts reaction there at the end of course he goes out there and look i think he should have gone out there after the jason hayward call in my opinion to kind of light a fire under these guys and let them know 
know that, hey, that's unacceptable. I don't know if Barber is a big NBA fan. Does he have money on the Bucks Heat game and he wants to go see the end of that game? Did he have reservations after the game? Did he have to go take a piss? I don't know what it was, but a terrible, terrible display of umping there at the end. Do you have a reservation at the Palm? I don't know what it was, but yeah, I don't know if there's wheels on that plate going back and forth, but yeah, Stevie Wonder could have done a better job that inning. But we got We Need to Get Better from Carl Stout over on Facebook, Joshua Holtz. Umpires should have fines, rewards for good, bad calls. Get too many points for bad call and get sent down to the buyers. That's from Joshua over YouTube, over on YouTube. And by the way, I'm looking for that Dodgers Nation comment of the night. And if you see that, if I see that comment of the night, I'm going to give you one of these. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. And if you bring a fire take, you're going to get one of these. Fire take. And if you say something a little out of pocket, you're going to see one of these. Bruh. And also, too, we got to see who was that Dodger dog of the game. Dodger dog of the game. Well, let's get in the comments. We'll continue to break down this game. We're talking about Julio's start. Julio, the strikeouts were there early. The command was a little off late there. Is he finding rhythm with that pitch clock? I mean, that's something to think about. I think Julio, I mean, he was outstanding heading into this game. And look, the reality is it's tough for these pitchers to go out there when the margins are so thin, where they're not getting very much run support. And I think that definitely is something that you're going to look at moving forward is if this offense can't get going, what are they going to do? Are they going to try to shake up the lineup? They're going to try to move some things around. We'll see what they do. But look, the reality is this team misses Will Smith in the worst way. Will Smith, he's a guy that was on a tear. I mean, he's a guy that was really emerging as a superstar and hopefully it's not going to be long hopefully very precautionary hopefully he's he's going to be back very shortly here but now you see the importance of will smith i hope that he's a little more appreciated when he returns to that lineup because he's been nothing short of fantastic this season and you're seeing this dodgers offense they're struggling in his absence just two runs per game this series and you're talking about guys like jameson tyone and you're talking about Steele, who really was an unknown for the most part yes he's gone off to a good start today uh, miley i mean uh, smiley i mean you're talking about guys that aren't great pitchers in this game and the Dodgers just the at-bat quality isn't there you see him chasing out pitches out of the zone Freddie Freeman bad game for Freeman he had multiple opportunities where he had a chance to really get this offense going and be that guy that he has been for 95% of his career but he just wasn't able to find it at the plate just not seeing it well right now I mean anytime he strikes out four times and granted that last one that should have been a strikeout but who knows what would have happened after that but still I think 
Freddie Freeman needs to kind of get out of this funk a little bit. A little funk for Freddie at the moment. Back to the comments section. Here we go. We got what's wrong with this team? SMH, our Dodgers, not a great team like last season. First round exit this season, Frank Drez. Well, last, the team that you just said that was a great team like last season won one game in the postseason. So that certainly wasn't necessarily a great team as far as how they were constructed for the postseason. But I think this team is going to look very different later in the year. I think at this point, it's clear they're going to have to make some moves if they want to be legitimate contenders. I mean, yes, you have some bullpen pieces that may return. Guys like Alex Reyes, guys like J.P. Fireisen, guys like even Blake Trinan could return. I mean... There is going to be reinforcements, but I look at this offense. I think you definitely need to add another bat, a guy that consistently can put the ball in play, a guy that definitely can light a fire and provide a spark in this offense. And yeah, I'm still looking at Tim Anderson. I'm still going to die on the trade for Tim Anderson, bat him lead off and move Mookie down in the lineup. And that is not something bad about Mookie Betts. That's not a disparaging remark or doesn't discount anything he's capable of, but I just think they need him as a run producer that needs to hit with runners aboard. But here you go, offense is dead. That's from EB. Um, Strike Zone was a crap, too. That's from Todd over on Facebook. Y'all give me a comment on the back for that one. Bring on the robo-umps now from Neil. Yeah, yesterday when I was in the press box, I was talking to a scout who we had this conversation, and one thing he told me was, look, the robo-ump situation hasn't been perfected. I mean, they challenge calls as well that are made by robo-umps that can tap on their head. Also, if you look at the mistake rate, it's about 7% for the robo-ump calls throughout minor league baseball. If you look at MLB umpires, the human umps, that's at 6%. So still... Believe it or not, the air is still higher with robo-umps at the minor league level than the human umps at the big league level. So they're still refining the process. I think once they do that and you see some consistency and they're down to 3 to 5%, I think you absolutely have to make that move. I mean, what I've always said is you definitely want to have that human element. I mean, to me, one of the things that makes baseball great, I know a lot of young pups watch the show, and this guy was before my time in Sparky Anderson, but still, watching guys like Sparky Anderson, watching guys like Tommy Lasorda go out there and kick dirt on the umpire, that's one thing that is exclusive to baseball that makes it entertaining. You definitely don't want to lose that dynamic and element of the game, but still, look, today, I mean, you don't, you never know whose first game that was at Dodger Stadium, right? And you never know what could have happened had the Dodgers came back on another miraculous comeback win and who's the hero walk-off shot. That's what you want to see. You don't want to see the ump show, okay? Dodger Stadium fans, people don't come to Dodger Stadium and pay $100, $200, $300 for tickets and 50 bucks on beer and another 50 bucks on food and parking just to see the umpires umpire. That is not what they do. They are not the attraction. It is the players. And when you make calls like that and you don't give these guys an opportunity to perform, that is what it feels like. And look, the reality is this Dodgers team, when they're at their best offensively, it's when they're not expanding the strike zone. It's when they're not offering at pitches that are off the plate by a few inches. And if the umpires are going to make calls like that, it really takes the Dodgers out of their game. But still, you have to point to this Dodgers offense as they simply just didn't get the job done for this entire series. Anytime you put up two runs a game, anytime you're going 16 for 95, hitting 082 for this series, you don't really have a lot of room to complain about. So there's a couple ways to, to kind of think about this, but still, I just think the way that game ended, Peralta bad call, Hayward bad call, inside out the plate, Freddie Freeman, a guy who is an MVP, a multi-time all-star, World Series champion, one of the superstars in the game, and you're going to squeeze him on a call like that, 
outside of the bottom of the zone right there. I just think that's bad for the sport. And if you were trying to fix this sport and make it a better product where more people tune in, more people attend games, well, hey, you want to get the calls right. But let's get back to the comment section. Sound off on the umpires. I want to hear it. We got R. Van Mill, Charlotte, North Carolina. Barnes finally got a hit. Craig Osterberg. Yeah, Barnes got a hit. And look, I mean, Barnes isn't paid to be a big hitter or anything like that, but he definitely got to a slow start this series. And I'll tell you, I was talking to, to Barnes after the game yesterday, and we were talking about, hey, we're, was Peralta going to walk him to – try to get to him and he thought he they were he thought they were so it would have been interesting had he got that opportunity yesterday with Barnsley but still I mean he's a guy that's going to come around in a big spot I mean, he's a guy that he has championship medal you've seen his big hits in big situations you saw his hit in game six that took Blake Snell out of the game we know that he stole Blake Snell's soul during that game so yeah you got to count on him and also, too, it really kind of started the rally there in the bottom of the seventh. So the Dodgers, of course, they got a run from Chris Taylor early in the game, that solo shot in the third. And good to see CT3 getting hits. But it's really interesting, Chris Taylor this season. I mean, Chris Taylor, it's kind of wild when you look at, at Chris Taylor's numbers on the year. I mean, he's a guy that is, is really become like a one or two, basically a two outcome player with the strikeouts and the home runs. I mean, but still, I mean, it was a step in the right direction. And if you watch Friday's Blue Heaven podcast with me and Mr. Clint Pasias, I asked him for a favor, and that was to bless Chris Taylor and get him off the schneid a little bit. And he did just that, and it works. The Clint, Cur the Clint Cure is real, ladies and gentlemen. But, yeah, if you look at Chris Taylor on the year, he's still struggling, but it was good to see him. Get another home run, hit the ball hard. So that's definitely what you want to see. But yeah, it is very interesting if you look at uh, at the numbers there. I mean, four home runs this year. He has five hits on the year. Four of those five hits are home runs. So he's hitting 135, a 673 OPS, 16 strikeouts, and 37 at bats. But still, it always has to feel good when you're hitting the ball hard like that and leaving the yard. And hopefully, he can build on this. And this is a step in the right direction for CT3. Cold bat. So this is the answer to my question. Was the biggest reason? why the Dodgers lost it. By the way, even though this was a loss, be sure to hit that like button because this is your show. I'm just hosting it. The more likes we get, the more subscribers we get, the more sponsors we get. Shout out to our sponsor, Hornitos, and the more episodes and content is coming your way. And like I said, we still have the latest on Will Smith. I'm going to give you guys, so you're going to wait around for that. We're going to continue to break down this game, and we're going to talk about those stolen bases and that issue coming up in just a second. But here we go. Fire the umpire from Carl. It's a fire take. This team sucks. 8-8 eight and eight is like a bad team right Record, Wilman Orozco. Yeah, I mean, look, it's tough to dispute that point when you factor in the competition. I mean, they're not playing world beaters out there. They're not like the Padres who had to go on the road and play the NLE East teams on the road like the like the Braves or the Mets or teams like that or any juggernauts. I mean, they had a favorable schedule playing the Diamondbacks for like 15 games. I mean, you're playing the San Francisco Giants who they took care of business against, the Colorado Rockies. I mean, the Dodgers should have a really nice schedule, a really nice record at this point of the season but they're sitting at eight and eight so yeah with a more balanced schedule you're playing every team 13 times it's gonna be very interesting to see the impact for the Dodgers on that schedule because look they're not playing the Giants and the Padres and the Rockies and Diamondbacks for the majority of the time they are playing every team in the league and yeah this was a really great opportunity for this team to go out there and get off to a great start and they just did not seize it so they're definitely digging themselves a little hole because the competition is going to get stiffer and it starts tomorrow with the Mets coming into town you know they're gonna 
want to win win that series and the Mets are a team that they have World Series aspirations and they always play up when they come to Dodger Stadium so yeah it's not going to get any easier for the Dodgers they go on the road to play the Cubs and this Cubs team give them some credit a lot of grit a lot of a lot of uh, I mean even the pitching is kind of playing above their projections I mean this Cubs team a feisty little Cubs team out uh, in Chicago but here you go, Bellinger is going to have a decent season that's from John R. Bednick yeah I was laughing yesterday I mean it did have me in my feels I mean every time that he would make a catch and Dodger fans would boo him and he would just smile like, hey, man, what? I mean, that was just kind of the belly that we all fell in love with during his time in Dodger Blue. And, yeah, I do wish him nothing but the best. I hope he gets his career back on track in Chicago because, in my opinion, he is right at the top when it comes to that once a Dodger, always a Dodger status. I mean, some of the moments that he had for this team in that uniform are some of the greatest moments in this franchise's history. Look no further than robbing Tatis in 2020 in the NLDS. Look no further than the 2020 NLCS Game 7, his home run off of Chris Martin, even his Rob job in the World Series, even his home run in the World Series. I mean, World's, uh, uh, NLCS MVP for the Dodgers back in 2018 against the Brewers. I mean, lots of moments, moments after moment, the MVP season. So always have nothing but love from Cody Bellinger. Barbershop Strike Zone, that's from Craig Osterberg. EB said, I booed Roberts while I was at yesterday's game. Michael McCarty, what we really need to do is have a, Mitch, uh, a mechanical ball slash strike challenge. Yeah, I mean, look, I've always been a proponent, a strong advocate of the manager needs to have the ability to challenge at least one or two, possibly even three strike calls during the game because that allows you to just get to the bottom of it and allows for, look, I mean, I think there's great suspense in between the reviews, and I think, too, it takes a little pressure off the umpires. But I will say, too, I was talking to a scout yesterday, and he told me, that the umpires are complaining internally about everything they have to do in between pitches and monitoring the pitch clock and monitoring batters going into the box and monitoring the reviews and everything. And that is starting to take its toll on their ability to correctly umpire games. So I thought it was a very interesting point because, look, let's be honest, no one's perfect. Anytime you have the human element into anything, you are not going to get to 100%. So as much as we want to ride on the umpires, and I've done plenty of that during this show, and I think rightfully so based on what we saw there because it was so atrocious in the ninth inning. Still, if you're not going to give them the flexibility and just kind of the out of having the ability to challenge a call, they are going to be subject to the ridicule and criticism that they get, and that's really not going to change until they change that. So I think that's a great point over on YouTube. We got Alex. This team plays like they're bored of baseball. We hit a home run, and the dugout is just sitting there golf clapping. That's from Alex Silva. Do you guys agree with Alex Silva? Do you think there is anything to that it does feel like look i mean uh, i was talking to someone after the game yesterday and kind of the what i really came to the conclusion with is this team is i don't want to say they're forcing the chemistry but they're trying it has to happen organically right i mean i think a win like yesterday definitely brings the team together i was at the clubhouse there was a bubble machine they had some smoke they had some lights guys were definitely having a good time it was rowdy in there but do they have the juice like some teams we've seen in the past that's a question I have. I still think it's too early to determine that. I still think that we're still in the waiting and assessing phase. I'm still in wait and see mode with this team and this lineup. And look, let's go. Let's not bury the lead here. 
Will Smith is a big part of this team. Will Smith is a guy who, I mean, he was in the MVP conversation after the first couple weeks, right? I mean, he's a guy who has established himself as not only one of the best players, catchers in the game, but one of the best overall players in the game with what he can do at the plate with the stick. I mean, he can hit a round little baseball with the stick pretty damn well, and they're really struggling in his absence. I mean, two runs hitting under 100 with him out of lineup. But we are in trouble. Michael McCarty, that's over on YouTube. Brent, yes, the ump hosed them, but that's not why they lost. They are playing with mediocrity and do not look like they're enjoying themselves at all. What the heck is wrong with Freddie? Brent70 over on YouTube, I think you nailed it. I also basically made all those points at the beginning of the show. I said right from the get-go that they didn't lose because of the umps. Of course, look, a baseball game, you have 27 outs, right? I mean, you have a long time to score runs, and the reality is yes the umpire definitely made some questionable calls and like I said I'm pretty sure he has a reservation at the Palms I'm pretty sure he had to take a piss I'm pretty sure he's a fan of the NBA playoffs I'm pretty sure he had other things he wanted to do but still you can't put all the blame on the umps there when your offense is struggling to manufacture runs like they're doing and yeah I mean let's talk about too I think one thing that can't go unnoticed. I mean, look, if you just look at this team, I mean, they had some opportunities. They just weren't able to, they weren't able to capitalize. I mean, they were two for seven with runners in scoring position. They just couldn't get this, the big hits that they needed to really put this game in their favor. And I think Julio Arias, he went out there and battled. And we're going to talk about his start in a second here. But yeah, I mean, kind of look, the inning that I look at is, I mean, just look at. If you, if you just look at the uh, top of the seventh inning there, top of the seventh inning, James Alman, he strikes out swinging at the top of the inning. And then Chris Taylor, he draws a one-out walk. So there you go. Chris Taylor starting to really quietly turn things around. And I think he would be the bigger story had they won the games that he homered in during this stretch. I mean, they lose Friday, he homers. They lose Sunday, he homers. So I think we'd be talking a little more about Chris Taylor had they came out on top this weekend. But still, he draws a walk there. And then after that, Barnes, he singles to center. Taylor advanced to third. Barnes ended his over-18 slump to start the year. Yeah, it's good to see him get a hit and start to get some momentum going at the plate because they're gonna definitely going to need that because he's going to be playing catcher a good amount this season. We know he's essentially Clayton Kershaw's personal catcher at this point in his career. We don't know when Will Smith exactly is going to return. When he does return, is he going to go full bore? I mean, there's a lot that we need to see, but still, to see him get a hit there it's definitely a step in the right direction and then with him aboard Mookie singles to right on a ball that say it's Suzuki lost in the sun and yeah shout out to the sun I always say God is a Dodger fan so that scored Taylor to make it 3-2 Cubs so the Dodgers they pull it in one, and then with runners on first and second, Freddie Freeman strikes out on a splitter low out of the zone, chasing. So very uncharacteristic from Freddie Freeman to see the at-bat quality. Like I said, he is not seeing the ball well at the moment. When you see him chasing at pitches low and away, bottom of the zone, he uh, even top of the zone, I mean, he's a guy that makes the pitcher throw strikes. His swing is very consistent. His approach is to hit the ball to all fields, and he's struggling to get his bat on the ball in key situations, and that is just not the Freddie Freeman that has become a multi-time All-Star and a guy who could be a future Hall of Famer uh, one day. So Freddie Freeman, he strikes out on that splitter low. That's the second out of the inning. And the next batter, J.D. Martinez, he reaches on an infield single to short. So they get a break there. Dansby Swanson, one of the best defensive shortstops in the game. He gets his glove on it, can't make the play. It was absolutely a hit. It was an error, but still, with the bases drunk, two outs, Dodgers really have 
have an opportunity to at least tie it and possibly take the lead. Max Muncy, he swings and misses at a splitter for strike three. So the Dodgers really struggling against that splitter today struggling against that cutter. I mean, some of the breaking stuff this weekend has definitely punished the Dodgers. So, I mean, they struggled against spin this series, and that was a great opportunity. So the offense, they need to step up in that situation. And then, yeah, I mean, there were some bright spots today. We're talking about Bruce Dark Gratterall. We'll talk about some of these relievers who I think stepped up. I think Caleb Ferguson had himself a really nice weekend. But um, here we go back to that comment section, guys, because I don't know, this team, this team, they need to get together. I mean, they need to get guys healthy. I think if there is a year where you're going to consider making a trade earlier than later, I definitely think this might be the year because, I mean, with the balanced schedule, with a competitive division, having a team like the Padres, who really still hasn't got hot at all, but they've had a very difficult schedule to start things off, I think this might be the year. But I think next topic we're going to dive into, should we do Julio Urias to start? Or let's talk about some of the, the base stealing, and that will really tie into Julio's start today. Because Julio Urias definitely wasn't bad at all, wasn't the dominant Julio that we saw heading into this series. I mean, heading into this series, Julio, really, I mean, he got off to a fantastic start and he's a guy who, yeah, I mean, everything he does out there on the mound, he just looks so comfortable implementing that cutter like he has. That nice tight cutter allows him to get some more swing and miss some more strikeouts against breaking balls. I mean, he heading into today's start with a 1-5 ERA in 18 innings of work. Today, he allows two runs, three runs, two earned on eight hits, had six strikeouts and one walk in five and two-thirds innings. And really, Julio was battling with the strikeouts. The swing and miss definitely was there early in this one. And it looked like it was just going to be another signature Julio Urias start where he's shoving. But we're going to we're going to uh, we're going to break that down in just a second. But I want to read some of your comments because I know you guys are firing away. DMAC works hard. My man Michael McKay, it's all for you guys, man. Uh, Bruce Davis, ums call same all day long. Stop it with the ums. EB, I don't pay for parking when I go to the Dodgers games and I take in drinks and food. Dodger dogs are not good anymore since they switched to farmer. Juan. Okay. Uh, LB Classic. That ump was trash, but so is the Dodgers hitting. Yeah, I mean, there's a fire take right there. We got the Dying Shooter. Hey, guys, 163 in the house. Smash that like button for DMAC. I appreciate you as always, Dying Shooter. Let me take a sip of water here and give you a nice comment of the day. You win. All right. The Dodgers have Taylor... They can't hit, and Barnes, they can't even get on base, but let Cody go. Dumb mistake. That's from Michael over on YouTube. Yeah, Bellinger definitely had himself a pretty solid series. I mean, impact hits. You saw the double yesterday. You saw robbing Jason Hayward, and I thought that was very interesting when you consider the fact that Jason Hayward was on the Cubs last year, and they essentially switched teams, and the Cubs are still paying Jason Hayward his the majority of his salary this year, and the Dodgers non-tender Cody Bellinger, and then he signs that $17.5 million deal with Chicago. So, yeah, he robs him, and that's classic Cody Bellinger, man. He's always going to be able to make plays with his gloves. I mean, they always say when you're slumping, don't leave your glove that way. I mean, always that glove, you can definitely hang your hat on that. He does that, so you definitely have to give him credit. Cody Bellinger, as a defender, what more can you say? But, yeah, I mean, this team really has just not, I mean, all the strikeouts, the the inability to put runs across and really to just generate rallies is definitely becoming a concern, but it's eight and eight. We'll kick it into gear other than the bad ump. So that's DB James YouTube. So that's going to be my Mitch, a lot of half full positive take of the game. I like that one. Shout out to our, shout out to our sponsors over at Hornitos best tequila in the game. We got JD, 
that ninth was feeling promising again thanks um yeah definitely had the feel like two games in a row against this cubs team it's a one-run deficit and look this team is just trying to make things interesting this team is just they're trying to get on base and like i said at the top of the show this team they don't like to expand the zone i mean that is how they are trained that is what they're supposed to be doing and when you're going to give them those calls it's just it, they're they're really going to be behind the eight ball. And if you looked at Boxberger there late in that inning, three strikeouts goes an inning, and all three of those strikeouts were on pitches that absolutely were off the plate. And and the Freddie Freeman one was low. But we see Anti Sky uh, Annie Sky Sucker says, "Did you see Dave go out there after the game and get the umps get the umps face about it? Three straight bad calls, no." Me either. Weak. I thought he did. I started the show after the game, but I heard at the very end of the broadcast that Dave Roberts was going out there after the game to try to get himself tossed. So, I, like I said, too, I think he should have been out there after the Jason Hayward strike call because that's already the second bad call in a row in a key situation. Yeah, I mean, Doc, I mean, it's not going to change the game, but I think this team that needs a spark that is still really trying to find itself from a chemistry standpoint, I mean, just imagine, first, yesterday, you get the walk-off and it comes from David Peralta new player the young players like James Altman the Dodgers were riding an over 22 slump uh, over 22 drought before he was able to get that hit Miguel Vargas he gets the big double and then Vargas from second to th home on the David Peralta first pitch swing gets through the hole there and ends up in right field great send there by Dino Ebel and then on the very next day you possibly get another walk off and your manager gets thrown out those are the types of things that galvanize a team and I definitely think it was a missed opportunity from Dave Roberts we got uh, Harold Freddie needs to drop in the order no one on base to drive in. Eight, nine spots are atrocious. That's from Harold. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of... Look, yet last year we saw when they went to to Trey and Mookie and Freddie, I mean, they definitely, I think, peaked as far as that that August and September run they went on, that late summer run. I mean, all throughout the summer, they were fantastic. But, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing that. Happy Sunday, DMAC. What's up, Brian Gax over on YouTube? Always rocking with us. You know, I appreciate you, my man. But, yeah, let's jump back into one thing I want to talk about is let's jump, let's jump to the – let's go to that fifth inning. So, top of the fifth inning – Julio strikes out Wisdom on a slurve down and in for the first out, and then Belly reaches on an air by Miguel Vargas. So, Miggy Vargas, I saw him before the game yesterday. He was working with Mookie Betts, and he was getting coached up by Mookie on plays similar to that, and you saw him, he was running to the glove side, he kicked it off the glove, and right as the ball was hit, Freeman did take some steps in that direction, but they were playing the pool, and Vargas... He ends up right there on the outfield grass, and it kind of popped up on him. So you want to see him charge that a little more, be a little more aggressive on that play, and I think he gets him there. And then this is my big pet peeve. This is my big pet peeve. This is what is driving me crazy this year, and that is the stolen base. Bellinger steals second, so you got an error, then a stolen base. That gets you into scoring position, and then a liner to left, and... What happens? Horner's two for three. Then Horner beat the throw going into the hole. And you take it for granted, and the strongest throw should have been gone to third base there. And then Muncy was at the back. Oh, yeah. So Horner, he hits one of the hole right there. And Chris Taylor, he goes to second. He beats that throw. And I think CT3 should have gone to third on that play. Muncy was waiting at the bag to get him out. But instead, they're not able to get the out. And then Gomes grounds. 
to short. Bellinger advances to third for the second out. And then Torrens reached on an infield single to Urias, then scored belly to tie things up at one apiece. And then Horner singled to left. Then Torrens out at second, and then with runners on first and second, Swanson reached on an infield single to short. With the bases loaded in two outs, he gets half to ground to second to end the inning. So that inning really gave a lot of stress to Julio Urias. So put a lot of stress on him with those 31 pitches in that inning. And that first at-bat to Wisdom, where he fouled off those three pitches, was an eight-pitch at-bat. It definitely took its toll. I mean, thankfully, they were able to limit the damage. But just like we saw throughout this series, just like we saw throughout the Diamondbacks series. The word is out. Teams are going to steal on the Dodgers heading into this game. Teams average 1.4 stolen bases per game against the Dodgers. That is first in all of Major League Baseball. We saw it burn the Dodgers on Friday night's game. And look what happened on Friday night's game. I mean, you saw Gomes single to third, and then he steals second, and then he scores on a ground rule double by Ian Happ. So we're talking about Jan Gomes, okay? Jan Gomes is a catcher. This is not a burner. This is a guy that should not be stealing bases, but Dodgers pitchers aren't doing a great job at holding runners. Their delivery to the plate is slow. It's deliberate. And today we saw early in the game, Julio was able to get that pickoff. That definitely helped. But, I mean, the stolen base today, it was a huge jump on Julio Arias. So you had nine stolen bases by the Cubs this series. And the Dodgers have stolen a grand total of two bases all season long. Okay, so if you look at that margin right there, the Dodgers, they are getting burned by the stolen base. To me, it's absolutely a big problem for this team because, look, those are winning plays. I mean, those are plays that provide a boost to your team, the spark plug, the catalyst plays. And look, when they're getting those advantages on the base pass, I mean, the Dodgers, they're going to struggle all season long unless they can correct this problem. So I don't know if they have to go quicker to the plate. I don't know if you have to just pay, use your two disengagements a little better because the Dodgers, they're not really disengaging as much. You get two disengagements, and on the third one, you can still throw over, but you have to get the runner out. So I think, look, I mean, you saw uh, they threw the runner out yesterday with Austin Barnes, but for this season, the Dodgers, Dodgers catchers haven't had great opportunities to throw runners out because of the Dodgers slow delivery to the plate. So it's definitely a concern because look, if you look at this team, batting average, putting the ball in play, they're not great. Middle of the pack. If you look at runners, they're not, they don't have the advantage base running, base stealing. I mean, this team definitely looks like it's built for a team that was constructed before the rule changes, before the bigger bases, before the disengagement rules, before the shift. And I think the Dodgers are getting a rude awakening. I think they are struggling to adjust. So give me all your thoughts on the base stealing because Costa Dodgers once again today, Cody Bellinger steals the base, gets the go-ahead home run that proves to be the difference today. So very interesting. Jenny Vegas says F the umps. That's a fire take. We got Dodgers looking like a lottery club. That's from Andy Sysucker. That's a burn. That's a finish him. We got did Roberts go out and argue with the umpire? That's why he's a P word. Wow. This is a kid show chat over on Facebook. Uh, Lasorda would have gone out there and argued with Yama, uh, with uh, Dave Roberts. Just sit on his hand. Hey, man, that's a little too much, man. Come on now. Let's be, yeah, let's chill out on that one. Uh, paying for letting Bellinger go. Look, I mean, we'll see. It's still too early in the season. I mean, I think that's not the Dodgers' problem. I think James Outman. Up until this point, he's had a better season than Cody Bellinger. I mean, James Altman, a 991 OPS, three home runs, three triples, 12 for 46. 
And defensively, I think he's looked the part as well. So we'll see. I mean, things could change. I think this is a big series for Cody Bellinger. But still, if you look at his numbers, he has a 770 OPS. So a 991 versus a, a 770 OPS, three home runs, 10 RBIs, nine strikeouts to six walks. But yeah, I definitely think this is a series that could get Cody Bellinger going. But right now, I'll take James Altman's 991 OPS. I'm impressed by James Altman's 10 walks. I mean, 16 strikeouts. We know there's going to be some swing and miss in there, but 10 walks for James Outman, 10 RBIs. I think his play discipline, I think his pitch recognition is better than most people had expected it to be, so I'm feeling good about that. But let's jump to the top of the seventh inning. Let's, let's jump to the bottom of the so yeah, the bottom of the fifth inning. We, we kind of talked about that one, too. I mean, Freddie Freeman, like I said, I mean, this was a series where you really point to Freddie Freeman because Freddie Freeman is supposed to be that guy that steps up in Will Smith's absence. And I think, look, he's one of the best hitters in the game. There's no question about that. And to me, that doesn't change after one bad series. But still, I mean, Freddie was definitely cold this series. and They need him to pick it up in a big way. And in today's game, he had multiple opportunities to really get the Dodgers going offensively. I mean, if you look at even in the bottom of the fifth inning as well, Bottom of the fifth inning, Outman drew a leadoff walk. Taylor grounded into a fielder's choice to third. Outman, they get the out at second with James Outman. And then Barnes grounded out to third. Taylor goes to second. And then Betts draws that two-out walk. And the runners on first and second, he strikes out looking. So, yeah, I mean, takes that curve on the inner half right there. And that's kind of how they're pounding. I mean, you're seeing a lot of breaking balls on the inner half to Freddie Freeman right now. So he has to make an adjustment. And you know he will. I mean, no one puts in the work like Fredericks of Hawaii. Hollywood shots, my guy, Anthony Keene. But back in the comments section, so we got, we hit the stolen bases. We talked about the offense, its struggles. Julio Urias today, I'm really not overly concerned with Julio. I think he did miss some spots. I mean, there's no question about that. I mean, I, there were some, there were certain, certain at bats there where you really wanted him to kind of paint the corners better. But I mean, look, you look at the top of the six. Suzuki flied to left for the first out. Then Mancini grounded to short for the second out. Then 0-2 pitch to Wisdom. He homers to left on a cutter. And if you go back and look at it, they wanted that cutter on the inside corner down and in. And Julio left it a little over the plate. That made it 2-1 Cubs. And then next batter, Cody Bellinger. 1-0 count. He homers to left to make it 3-1 Cubbies. Four-seam fastball, middle in. And Cody crushes it. So Julio knows better than anyone else that that is a pitch that Cody Bellinger can handle. Left it a little too middle left it a little up a four seam fastball wasn't high velocity it was at 94 miles per hour and that is a tailor-made pitch for a belly bomb and that just felt very weird to say and to see cody bellinger home ring off of julio urias of course it's a home run off a lefty we would be jumping for joy and doing backflips to see belly hit a homer off a lefty last season and he did just that so I mean, Julio was one strike away from getting out of that inning, and he gives up the home run to Wisdom. So, yeah, I mean, that definitely was a crucial, crucial inning right there. One one strike away, and Julio's cruising to another really solid start once again. But still, he still gave him a chance to win. I mean, you can't. 
you have to mention Vargas's error there. I mean, just two earned runs by Julio Urias in five and two thirds. I mean, that's quality. I mean, he ends up giving up three runs, but still, I don't think you you put this on Julio. I think he gave his team a chance to win. Didn't have his best command today, but still thought he had some nice moments. I mean, striking out Swanson with the slurve in the first, striking out Hap with the changeup away in the first. Mancini the cutter swinging on the inside corner to second. Torrens the changeup swinging away on the changeup. Suzuki on the cutter down in the fourth. Wisdom, the slurve. So, yeah, I mean, he definitely had his swing and miss there today. Just, yeah, the offense didn't pick him up. And it's kind of the story that we saw from a few years ago. But, uh, yeah, another thing, too, I mean, we got to start mentioning it, is Trace Thompson. Because Trace Thompson, he doesn't look good. He does not look good out there on the plate. At the plate and today, he goes 0 for 3. 0 for 3 with two strikeouts one of them ends up as a pass ball on a check swing that he thought he had checked at but he's waiting to get the umpire's ruling but he could have ended up out first base on that play but still he struggled and He's a guy that, if you look at Trace Thompson, he uh, numbers-wise, the opportunities, I mean, still an 11.07 OPS, but still, I mean, hasn't done very much since that three-homer game, especially against left-handed pitching. He continues to struggle against southpaws. I mean, what's your prediction on Trace Thompson? But, yeah, let's talk about some of the positive. I, I mean, there is some positives today. I think one of the biggest positives today, I think the bright spot had to be uh, the Mitch Law to half full bright spot is going to Bruce Dark Gratterall. Three Ks in an inning and a third, allowed just one hit. He came in there and he came in relief of Julio Urias, and he did a nice job putting out that fire and the swing and miss. I mean, you really got to feel good for for Bruce Dark Gratterall, who look, I mean, he always gets off to slow starts, but he, I mean, I think the big the big revelation for him is if he is going to be able to throw that cutter, if he is going to be able to throw that slider, he is going to be a completely different pitcher. And I think, I mean, if you saw the strikeout to Suzuki, that two seamer away, Hap, the strikeout to Hap on that slider down in the zone down away i mean that is what you want to see uh, if you saw swanson he gave that double to swanson and on that one it was a slider that he left a little up and then horner he got the his patented soft contact on that slider so yeah i think i think he did a really nice job today i want to give him a lot of credit i'm going to give him a solid b plus i mean he gives up that double there but still i think it was a step in the right direction some growth today from bruised dog Gratterall, who came to the game and he fell behind to Torrens is down 2-0 and in the count and gets him to foul off two sinkers and then he misses with the slider to load the count at 3-2 and two, but then gets him to take strike 3 with that sinker they just painted on the black there so I think a really nice job from Bruce Dark Gratter I'll give him a B plus give me your Bruce Dark grades and we're gonna do some lightning round comments in just a second we'll wrap things up with the latest on Will Smith and the Dodgers' newest catcher, Austin, wins. So we'll talk about that in just a second here. But, yeah, I thought he did a nice job. I think Caleb Ferguson, I think he continues to build confidence yesterday, getting them out of a bases-loaded jam. I thought he was big yesterday, and he just really kept the Dodgers in it and allowed for that comeback to take place there in the bottom of the ninth. But today, I mean, struck out Mancini swinging with that cutter. Wisdom gave the Wisdom single. Left that four-seam fastball a little out over the plate. Got Bellinger to ground to first, and then he got Gomes to fly to left. So for him, you're seeing some soft contact. You're seeing some swing and miss. So I felt good about him. But on a scale of 1 to 10, what is your concern level with Will Smith? And uh, 
just to let you guys know, I am feeling okay. I think I'll be back by Thursday. I think, yeah, I mean, Herod, I mean, of course, if you know, if you know by now, there was a foul ball that went off his head when he was behind the dish against the Giants. And yesterday, Dave Roberts was a little cagey with the way he was talking about it. Doc was saying that it was an illness, and Dave said that we'll know more and that there was a chance he could start today. But if he didn't, they were looking at an IL stint. And ultimately... He does go on the IL. But before we get into that, let's take a look at some more of your comments, guys. Keep firing away. The Dodgers, they lose the series to the Cubs. The first home series loss to Chicago since 2014. They're 8-8 eight and eight on the year. This week, they go 3-3. Three and three. So all that momentum, all that momentum that they built against the San Francisco Giants and Max Muncy. And yesterday, when they have the walk-off, I mean, you look back, and it's just a 500 week. And you don't feel that great about it heading into a pretty tough week where you host the and then you have to go to Chicago for a series. But here we go. We got going to be a tough year from Fish Tank Frank. Uh, we got uh, J Kid three two three. Vargas defense is horrible. Dude should be playing third in Muncie second. That's interesting. But look, this is what you have to know: is that with the shift, with the restriction on the shift, you need to be a little more rangy at second base. And yes, Max Muncie likes playing second base. Yes, he said it's his favorite position to play. He likes making the reads off the bat. But there's a little more ground to cover right now. And from an athletic standpoint, Vargas has the ability to cover more ground at second base. So that is the feeling right now. I think next year it'll be interesting because at this rate, there's no question that the Dodgers will pick up Max Muncy's option. I mean, I mean his, his club option. There's no question that they will if he continues that. I mean, last, of course, you know, once you kind of turn things around, they gave him that... Uh, I mean, you're talking about a $10 million club option for Max Muncy. So they're probably going to pick that up. But here's what you all need to know is... J.D. Martinez, he's on a one-year deal. They could always move Miguel Vargas to third, trade for Tim Anderson, have Tim Anderson play shortstop or second, or another another variation with Gavin Lux and Tim Anderson, and maybe you can use Max Muncy as the DH. So that's something to chew on, a little fruit for thought there. But uh, that sounds like a topic for tomorrow's Blue Heaven. Let's stick to this game, and I'll let you guys enjoy the rest of your Sunday. But, yeah, real quick on Will Smith. So the Dodgers place Will Smith on the seven-day IL before the Dodgers Sunday afternoon afternoon affair with the Cubbies. Smitty missed the last two games with what the team was calling an illness and Doc said that Smith passed all the necessary testing including a SCAT 5 test but that he quote symptomatically just didn't feel well. It's retroactive to Thursday so the earliest he could return is this Thursday when the Dodgers begin a four game series with the Cubs and is eligible to return on April 20th from the concussion IL. Now the Dodgers did sign Austin wins wins slash 259, 313 358 with a 92 WRC plus in 57 games with the Giants last year. He started 43 games at catcher. He's 32. He played parts of five major league seasons with the Orioles. Giants slashing 230, 274, 335. Has hit 12 bombs in 510 plate appearances with 136 starts behind the dish. Now, this is a true rental. This is like when you get in an accident and you pop a tire and you don't even replace it with a spare. It's like one of those dummy tires, those really small ones. This is basically what that is because he has no options and the Dodgers 
to make room for wins, they transferred right-handed pitcher Alex Reyes to the 60-day IL. So it is going to be a temporary signing, but he's playing a one game this series for the Giants went over to. So we'll see if Austin gets an opportunity, but it's not going to be something that is long-term. And hopefully this Will Smith concussion IL is nothing serious because this Dodgers lineup, they need him back in the worst way. But uh, let's get back in the comments here, and then we will let you enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Laker fans, let's go. Lakers take game one. So shout out to the Laker fans out there. But here we go. Let's wrap this up with a rapid fire round of comments. So EB still not worth 18 million Dodgers. By the way, what were your thoughts on the white pants on the City Connects? I thought they looked better. I like the black piping down the side. I mean, the players did not like the Smurf all blue look. I think on the road, let's say it was a night game, they might look kind of cool with some black pants because you got the black bill, you got the black graffiti thing on the side. Maybe that might look kind of cool, but they look pretty crispy. I don't love them, but I thought they definitely look better. We need D-Mac to host Lakers Nation. That's from Carl. Hey, man. Trevor Lane does a good job, man. Shout out to him. Uh, we screw. We, but, well, hey, I, I have a Lakers YouTube channel, too, though. We have a Lakers YouTube channel, too. It's Lakers 24-8. So look for the new roundtables coming out tomorrow. I got my man, Mr. Noah Cameras. I got my man, Mr. Noise by Noel, Noel Sanchez. So those guys bring that fire. So look for Laker content as well. But still, this is a Dodgers show, right? And this Dodger team is not in great shape right now. But the Axe 2-2-8, two and two and eight, Dodgers are bad in 162-game season. Outman horrible on defense. Bruce Davis numbers disagree I mean two DRS 92nd percentile outs above average the jump isn't great the arm is there so yeah he's also just getting better and he's gonna need more experience to really truly assess what he is defensively at the big league level but so far the early returns are he definitely has what it takes to be a plus defender on this level but uh as constructed the dodgers are a third place team teams look forward to playing us that's from roy miller that's a fire take fire because team. it's a pretty hot take do teams look forward to playing the dodgers my thoughts on that my reaction is the dodgers don't have the cheat code like they used to you don't have as stacked as a lineup you don't have as stacked of a rotation as stacked of a bullpen and then on top of that you don't have the ability to shift and get a lot of soft contact and be babbit merchants so to speak because we know the dodgers dominated in that category do i think they want to play the dodgers look i think max muncie told me in the offseason that there's a dodgers bullseye anytime people see that beautiful dodgers script across their chest they want to play up i mean you're playing in front of fifty thousand fans you're playing front in front of a sold out dodger stadium crowd so yeah you're always going to play up to the dodgers but still, I think when this team is at full strength, I mean, who wants to face Julio Urias, right? I mean, who wants to face Dustin May, who's filthy? But still, I agree with you to a certain degree that this isn't as intimidating as a team as we've seen in the past. I mean, you're not seeing a guy like Walker Buehler out there in the peak of his powers. You're not seeing Trey Turner or Corey Seager, guys that can do a lot offensively to pick you up. So, yeah, I still think it's early. I still think you need Miguel Vargas and James Altman to continue to emerge. I think this was a pretty big weekend for Vargas, who, of course, we know leading the league in walks, on base percentage, all that great stuff, but you start to see some extra base hits. You start to see some big hits, and I think some more production from him is going to go a long way. To me, the glaring need is more production from the shortstop spot. I think, look, Chris Taylor, two home runs. Is this sustainable? Is this who he's going to be? A guy that either hits a home run, I mean, four of his five hits this year are bombs. Is this who he's going to be? That's to, it's still to be determined, but uh, a very interesting take, but uh, let's talk Will. Big concern for him. What's up, Dodgers, Chloe? Always represent. I appreciate you. Always right 
that's I know that's your guy, Mr. Will Smith. So hopefully he's going to be just fine. Uh, we need to get hit that like button. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Diane, thanks for the fire takes. We got uh, BC, a belly plate as well as he has so far for us. 250, we wouldn't have released him. That's from BC. I don't know. I mean, based on some people we talked to within the organization, it felt like it was time to part ways. And I think there was a certain level of frustration that the organization had with just his inability to make adjustments. I mean, Max Muncy, he completely fell off a cliff and he was in a batting cage in Colorado and they told him to do a step back move. He puts it, he implements it into a game and is immediately seeing results. Whereas Cody Bellinger, you're seeing the same problem areas. You're seeing him be sapped of his power at times, but defensively, yeah, he's definitely a guy who's really good, but still, I mean, yeah, it's still too early to determine that. I mean, at $18 million, is that where someone who's league average offensively that plays above average defense? I think the answer to that is no. If he turns it around and looks anything like 2019 belly, that's a different story. But like I said, it's still very early on. And we're talking about a Cody Bellinger that still has a lot to prove. I mean, he's hitting 245, but that OPS is at 770. So that's nothing to write home about. So I still think it's still really early to determine that but uh yeah I, ho I hope he figures it out man i'm a big fan of cody bellinger he's a really good dude uh bring up eddie's leonard aka turner 2.0 i think it's still early for that deborah young trace and ct3 have the same disease that's from deborah young remember the 2008 team with manny i really like that team yeah it was a great team manny wouldn't shelby miller closing games for the dodgers watch out that's a fire take, fire take. yeah i mean the thing with shelby miller i mean He's the guy. I mean, look, they, he's a guy who big league contract, 1.5 million. You're not going to send him down or anything like that. I mean, the plan was for him to make this roster, and he's looked pretty damn good. I mean, it's still is a zero ERA, seven strikeouts, and today, yeah. I mean, I think Shelby Miller is a guy who is trending in the right direction. He's doing what they had hoped he would do. You just want to see him improve the command. He struggled with that command during the Arizona series, but yesterday he looked really good. And yeah, the, there's the bullpen is quietly getting better. That's definitely something that you have to make note of. I think there is confidence building in this bullpen. They just don't have those fireballers. The guys that are going to get a lot of swing and miss. The guys that are going to miss bats and get big punch outs, but still, they're starting to make some adjustments. But uh, yeah, a couple more comments here, guys, and we will head out. But I got to hit this K Casino $10. That's going to the Otani Fund and some carne asada fries. Doug, great show. Can you tell by all these trolls? Is it Robert's last year? Um, Doug, great show. You can tell by... Uh, is it Robert's last year? K Casino, look, he signed that extension. He loves to be the manager of the Dodgers. I don't think he would step down. And do I think they would fire Dave Roberts? I'll tell you this. I mean, this team has a great relationship with Dave Roberts, and it goes beyond what he does from a managerial standpoint. But if this team falls off a cliff and doesn't make the postseason or makes a big trade and they only win one game in the postseason, you can point to a move that was his decision. Maybe they do consider it, but I still don't think this is going to be Dave Roberts' last year. Remember, this is a manager that – has won a lot of games. This is a manager that has won a World Series that really should have won two World Series if the the cheating Astros didn't cheat. So, look, I mean, Dave Roberts, I mean, 
it's the standard is so high. The bar is so ridiculously high, but still, I think this is a big test for him. I mean, we'll see how he fares without the deck fully stacked going up against the Padres team that really on paper is more talented than this team across the board. And we've look at his record. I mean, 661 and 389. I mean, you're talking about a 630 win percentage. I mean, if the Dodgers fired Dave Roberts, teams would be lining up around the block to sign him, make him their manager. I mean, that's just the fact within the baseball world. But uh, Blue Heaven, I like Tim Anderson. That's from Rebecca. We got uh, I want Adamus. Yeah, but they're kind of winning games. Adamus had a good start this season too. But yeah, I mean, I think Adamus makes sense in that he's going to be a free agent after this year. So the prospect capital in theory could be a little lower. Whereas Anderson has that $14 million club option. But yep, guys, any word on Gavin Stone, Uncle Ted Talks? Yeah, I mean, he, two of his three starts, he struggled with command. He's still trying to find it and kind of be that guy that everyone is hoping that he can be and a guy that he has the potential to be. So, yeah, it's still a little early, but you're going to need him to cut down the walks and – yeah, he still has it, though. I mean, his peaks, I mean, some of his pitches are just straight nasty. I mean, the change of the fastball location, I think needs to improve a little more, but he's still a little ways away. But to call it Fiducci, that's from Dodger Chloe. Yeah, the Fiducci, the Fiducci truthers definitely were heard today because, yeah, I mean, I've had people hit me up asking about Diago Cartaya and this and that. But look, when you look at it, it's about the roster move. It's about the fact that you transfer Alex Reyes to that 68 IL. And also, too, it should tell you that it is going to be temporary and that they are expecting him back so it is a business and having austin wins a guy that it's a veteran over 30 32 years old if they need him he's going to be able to do just fine but uniforms look good from amc7 eddie's leonard is a freak of nature that's from ted doug go on lakers nation with jeff that's from bc um the Smurf take by fans is BS. They don't know the importance of having a modern look. That's from Jenny Vega. Don Kim. What up, Don Kim? I forgot the authors of the study. I want to read this one, Don. But research found that one difference between elite versus almost elite tennis players was how they spend the time in between serves. Elite players use the time between serves to rest. Point is, pitch clock does not allow pitchers to reset. So back-to-back -back homers will be more common. That's a good take of the night because we learned something from my man, Mr. Dong Kim. And Dong, I think that's a great point. I think, yeah, I mean, if you read Nadal's book, he talks about how you have to focus on each and every point and you have to treat every single point like it's match point to actually have sustained success in tennis. And I asked Will Smith this question during spring training. I said, look, the pitch clock, the pitch clock violations are one thing, but the reason why you have this velo revolution and fastball velocity is still up, but still the fatigue is a factor and guys like an Alex Vester, Julio Arias that really go max effort on each pitch. When you don't have that full 25 seconds, like they were using and all the seconds in between time to really just gather and just bring it. You are going to miss with command. You are going to throw us with some less velocity at times when you're fatigued. And that's one of the reasons why offense is up. But look, historically that's how it's always been. And I think that it was getting abused to a certain point, but the pitchers are going to get stronger. They're going to build more stamina and they are going to a adjust so i think you're going to see this even out it's just going to take some time to adjust but uh yep guys that's going to do it for this episode of the dodgers nation post game show if you haven't yet smash that like button follow me on twitter instagram and tiktok at dmac underscore la also 
We'll be back tomorrow for the Blue Heaven podcast before the Mets series with me and my man, Mr. Clint Pasilla. So come rock with us on the pre-show. We got McKnight saying D-Mac, Belly's old AF from 50 Cal. We got defense is not so good. Yeah, I'm sure we'll touch on that tomorrow. Ivy Stroking Dodgers need a better hitting coach. We'll talk about that tomorrow, too. But thanks, guys, for rocking with us. The Dodgers lose today against the Cubs. They lose the series. Belly's go-ahead home run. Old friend Cody Bellinger, bopper, hit one out. We talked about Sean Barber being complete trash. But uh, thanks again, guys. D-Mac, you and Clint, thanks. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, Jenny. Uh, but, yeah, guys, thanks. I'd be stroking always rocking with us. Deborah Young, Carl, see you guys tomorrow. My name is Doug McCain. And remember, nothing brings us together quite like Dodger baseball. And until next time, think blue, bleed blue, and I'm out. Ah, the sizzle of McDonald's sausage. It's enough to make you crave your favorite breakfasts. Enough to head over to McDonald's. Enough to make you really wish this commercial were scratch and sniff. And if you're a sausage person, now get two satisfyingly savory sausage McGriddles, sausage biscuits, or sausage burritos for just $3.33. Or mix and match. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.